Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, guys. So, Ange, we're talking about something a little bit different direction than usual. Mm-hmm. So it's exciting, huh? Yeah, we're going to... Um... We're going to talk a little bit about all the things that stay-at-home moms have do and moms do, whether they're stay-at-home mom or not, right? So we hold a lot of roles Absolutely. in life. Yeah. Um, whether you call yourself a chef or you're the teacher, the counselor, or if friend. You're, or if you're working and mom, working outside of the home and being a mom. Right? So healthy home tips during uncertain times. It is mm-hmm. uncertain times, and yeah. but it's even more important right now um, to mm-hmm. really be nourishing the family and keeping everybody healthy. Yeah, so it's we thought that we would have a um, – we definitely did prepare some things for this talk for sure, um, but we thought we would have a little bit of a candid conversation too in the sense of just sharing about the importance of, um, of being proactive and being – caring for your Mm -hmm. family and nurturing your family and why that's so important. Um, Because that has been something I've been passionate about. Well, around here, you're definitely the mom that knows all about health. I mean, (laughs) if somebody has something wrong, they not only know how to describe it really, really clearly and detailed, even if they're very small, um, but you know exactly what to give them. And you're not technically a doctor, of course. No. Right? So there's a disclaimer here that yes. you're not a doctor. Yeah. But you have 20 years of doing this with our eight kids mm-hmm. and myself and yourself, 10 yeah. of us. And you've done an amazing yeah. job. There's a lot of really cool information. So I think this is going to be awesome. Yeah. And you guys, we're not going to be diving in and giving you like um, specific you know, things to use for specific ailments or anything like that. That's not what this conversation is about. Um but we are going to talk about the importance of being proactive in your health of your family and the health of your home. Um, proactive and preventative yeah. is really what I would like to call it. Um, and I really do believe that this is this is a jurisdiction. Um, and can I just say, I enjoy it. I really enjoy it. <laughs> um I, if you're watching the YouTube video, you notice that there's this enormous, massive, massive book. It's like, how would you say it's five, six inches yeah, tall? At least six inches. Okay, you guys, this was um, written five. in 1912. This is a book on medicine that my great grandmother gave me. Um, she let me have it. Um, Did you read this whole thing? No, I haven't read the whole thing, but it has a lot of really amazing information in it. Everybody's um, like, where do I get it? Oh, you can't, you get, can't it. get it. <laughs> this is, yeah. Um, I, I thought it would be fun be, just to share with you guys because um, my great grandma, she was, she helped to, she was really involved in my life when I was growing up. Yeah. She was um, in her 70s and 80s. 
when she was helping to take care of me. She died at 94. Her mom lived to be 104. Um, she was widowed at 32 years old and was faithful to my great grandpa and died when she was 94. Yeah. So, um, and she was quite a strong little woman. She was like five foot two or five foot three and just a, a little spirited, yeah, she spicy was awesome. woman. She gave me and, a painting that she painted. Um, and I think you were a little jealous about that. She gave it to you when you got baptized. Anyways. Yeah. yeah. So my great grandma was, um, an inspiration to me. I remember watching her, um, she would think she'd sit in what she called her thinking chair <laughs> and she had her journal yeah. and she would have all kinds of books out, whether it was the farmer's almanac because she had a garden in her backyard or she had medicine books. Yeah. And this is one that she was always looking at. Yeah. And I just remember her like I would have an issue. Like if I was sick or feeling not so good, she would recognize that and she'd start asking me questions and then she'd try to figure out what would make me feel good. And it was like this, she was just taking care of me. That's what she had always done for herself. Yeah. And I never really thought about it until I became a mom. And she didn't really teach me like a lot of tricks or yeah. tricks of the trade per per se. Although there were a few things like cutting an onion and sticking it next to your bed when you, if you're sick at night. You're like, oh, that's kind of weird. kind of weird. But if you, hey, listen, just give it a try. If you have sickness in in your home, put just cut an onion in half and stick it next to the bedside. And um, in that next morning, take a look at the onion. It's, it's not going to be too pretty looking. And then if you let it sit there for a couple more days, it, it really actually absorbs a lot of those things, which is interesting. A lot of the bad things. A lot of the bad things, yeah. And so... Just be careful um, eating onions when you're out. <laughs> yeah. So um, anyway, just growing up with Grandma Vi was... It, it, now looking back, I really wish I was more intentional in asking her questions. Yeah. Um, so if you are someone who has someone older in your life that has a lot of wisdom, glean it. do not take them for granted. Glean, glean, glean. Well, we're talking about healthy home tips during yeah. uncertain times. You know, really how to, you know, give remedies that are natural to your family and mm -hmm. so forth. But we are firm believers in medicine, too, and doctors and so forth. Yep. But we always have believed, and you really uh, encourage this in me, too, is that, well, let's try first a natural method. And mm -hmm. if it's not working, then, and there's then we'll more, go to the doctor. then we'll go to the doctor. Yeah. So doctors are good and so forth. But we don't want to just run to the doctor, right, at mm -hmm. first glance of something if there's a natural way we can heal it. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring that up um, because I did a podcast actually with Dr. Megan Burt on a topic of um, not making your health an idol, but yeah. making it a priority yeah. and finding that balance, which is what you're actually kind of talking about. And you probably didn't, I don't know if you realize that, but a lot of times people are, um, it's easy to make something an idol, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of times we don't ask the hard questions to to really find out if we have made things an idol, whether that be the natural remedies or, or the doctors, right? And and really the the truest, um, I guess, test would be, who do you go to first? What do you go to first? Mm -hmm. And so for us, one of the things that I always do this 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 was actually a great conversation. One of the things that I would encourage every mom to do is, you know, if your kid has a a weird rash or something, right? Well, what does the Bible say? To take first to take everything to the Lord in prayer. Yeah. So that should actually be our first response. And 
And doing that now, of course, sometimes there's an emergency, right? Like yeah. there's a car accident or maybe someone has a heart attack. You're going to be praying right away, but you're also going to call 911, yeah. right? And so you, you're going to get help. Exactly. And you know what, though? God is always there for our help, to help us. And so we need to be going to him first. And if we aren't, it actually reveals that we've kind of made an idol out of other things, too. Mm-hmm. And now, I'm not talking about taking an hour to pray before you call 911. That's not what I mean here, right? You do both. Yeah. You're on the phone waiting for someone to pick up and you're like, Lord, please help them pick up. You know, you're yeah. praying, you're giving it to God first. And then the next thing you do is you, if you, if it's not an emergency, right? Like, cause most things are not emergencies. You're gonna do what the Bible says, which is to seek knowledge, seek understanding, mm-hmm. seek wisdom. Now, mm-hmm. how are you going to do that? You're going to, through prayer, you're asking God to lead you to the right things. And he'll prompt you if you're paying attention. He will, right? So seeking understanding. Let's say you you have a kid that's not feeling well. Mm -hmm. You're going to seek understanding. You're not just going to automatically assume you know what it is necessarily unless you see the sliver, right? You're going to ask questions. You're going to be patient. You're going to listen. You're going to try to diagnose, right, in a sense of like going, hey, What's going on? Is mm-hmm. it your tummy that's not feeling good? Or do you have a headache? Or do you, did you get your feelings hurt? Or like there's just I've so many things. I've seen you do this so many times with the kids and literally you're educating them on how to respond and you're helping them with the words to say mm. by troubleshooting. And then over time, I've noticed this with our kids that they very descriptively know how to tell you what's mm-hmm. wrong with them. But that doesn't just happen. It happens because of these conversations. You yeah. Have. It's interesting that you brought that up. I was going to talk a little bit more about that in one of our points coming up, but mm-hmm. that's one of the purposes is to teach your kids how to know what's going on inside their body. That's an important thing that I think is just not really taught anymore is to know thyself. Yeah. Right. And, um, and to be, to be confident in trusting your own, assessment of like, you know what? My gut is really off. What did I eat earlier? Right. Versus like, Oh no, is it an appendix appendicitis attack, you know, (laughs) and jumping to the worst conclusion. But I think that a lot of times if, if people are not brought up in a way where they're um, validated when they do feel something, they can second guess themselves. Right. And not really know. And then of course there's the very dangerous, um, option that a lot of people, are now leaning on, which is self-diagnosis through Google, which can be a scary thing to be doing too. Now, I'm not saying hey, don't use Google. WebMD but... is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there you can do research. Yeah. It's just you have to be careful and be wise. Again, it's understanding yourself though. Like, mm-hmm. am I the type of person that tends to borrow troubles? Do I jump to conclusions? And it, am I going to scare myself? Yeah, going right? to the worst possible denominator of what's happening. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you just, but that you have to take your thoughts captive is the point mm-hmm. there. So um, I think that, you know, as we're digging in and we're talking about these things, we just were mentioning health versus like natural, yeah. you know, having natural remedies or doctors and really our stance, we try our hardest to have a balanced perspective of, absolutely, like you were saying, let's try all we can to have understanding, do research. And, and do it naturally, treat it naturally if we can. Yeah. And hey, if that doesn't work, then let's go to the doctors and see if they can help us. What's cool about this, this is really about an aspect of the legacy you're leaving and continuing to 
which is helping future generations to have these same kind of, I would say it's part of the culture of a family when you instill this. Mm-hmm. When you're good at this and you're educating your kids, then what's going to happen when they're moms and dads? Right. That's really cool. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I would hope so. I mean, that's really my dream. I think that um, when I first became a stay-at-home mom, I was like, okay, well, this is going to be my job. Mm-hmm. And I took it on seriously, like this is a vocation and I actually don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to cook. I don't know how to clean. And, you know, anybody can pick up a sponge and a, and a Windex, right? Sure. Or whatever you grew up using. Mm. But not knowing what I was doing, I had a very humble heart attitude of like, I have to learn. And so I was constantly asking people what they were doing. If I noticed that somebody was making their own cleaner, I was like, well, wait, what is that? That's mm-hmm. in a homemade bottle. What's in it? Mm-hmm. Does it work? Can I try it? And like, you know, asking a lot of questions and having a teachable heart is, I really believe that's part of why I'm where I am now, 20 years later. Um, and I'm still learning. I still love learning. You well, know? Why don't you give us an example? Everybody's probably like, well, what, what are the things? Why don't you just run down a list for us of the things that that we've done that you've done okay. i would say it's more you <laughs> yes yeah, true um we have our strengths and weaknesses we're a good team yeah i embrace my <laughs> strengths and i don't try at my weaknesses too often that's what you're there for but right? you really appreciate me and i love these things you guys so um realizing that being a stay-at-home mom was a vocation i decided like i'm gonna learn so I homeschooled myself and all these things, right? And I, I got books, kind of like how great grandma had her books, yeah. right? And I started learning how to cook and I started new recipes. And then I started learning about um, the gut and I started learning about um, healthy, eating healthy and trying to have the balanced diet, trying not to have my kids eat too much sugar, things like that. Um, we're not going to dive too much into eating stuff today. We'll do that yeah. in another podcast. Um, but those were definitely part of the list. Yeah. Um, exercise was a huge part. When I met you, I was lifeguarding and teaching aqua aerobics as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. And so I continued doing that in the first like five, six years of being a mom. Mm-hmm. was teaching aqua aerobics a few days a week. And I... You were a go-getter. Weren't before school started, didn't you go do yeah. lifeguard training and stuff? Yeah. Well, and I was on in swim team yeah. from like sixth grade through high school and I swam at like five in the morning to seven fifteen in the morning before school and then after school three fifteen to five fifteen every day I mean, school. I remember when I was in school, I was like trying to wake up as late as possible before I well hey, get to my class. So I, I, I just remember being so tired as a teenager. I can't believe you got up at five in the morning. Yeah, and then I had to work after after swim team. But you know what? It was I yeah. It was fun though. I really loved swimming and I loved exercising and I felt good. But I can't take all the credit. You know, it was definitely a dedication of my parents to drive me. Yeah. Because they drove me a long ways. That's pretty awesome. Um, every, yeah. So, <laughs> it was what are a lot the things? But so, eating healthy, exercise, vitamins and supplements. That's mm. a whole nother thing. Um, herbal tinctures, homopathy essential mm. oils, um, natural cleaners. Cause we are now I can honestly say we're, we're probably like 80 to 85% toxin free home. We got to get into that in a little bit. I know you have a few more on your list, but I want to take a moment and give you something for free. If you haven't got it already is the date night one sheet. It is a beautiful document you can download that will 
has some key questions on it for your date night to just get in alignment about what's most important for your family. No matter what time of year, it's always important to recalibrate. You can get that by going to CourageousParenting.com and subscribing to our mailing list. Um, Also, you can get all of our show notes and everything at CourageousParenting.com. And I also just want to share real quick about the Parenting Mentor Program. So many families are being transformed by going through this. Uh, It's the six-week self-paced program uh, with live engagement from us and even direct interaction. So if you want to join us, uh, here's a little bit more about it. You can find out more at CourageousParenting.com. Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal. This program provided awesome scripture-based teachings and just some really great practical applications. This class has just really rocked my world. It has given me a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically, like how our kids are behaving or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart. We now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind. It's not just these hypothetical situations or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor and yourself a favor and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next generation. I remember believing that nothing can clean as good as Windex, for example. Well, yeah. I mean, the first five years of our marriage, we were using really harsh chemicals. Yeah. I used to believe that was necessary. Like you have to, if if you don't have the really good chemicals, it's not going to be clean. So we'll get to that. But yeah. And also we'll have to dive into being a Christian and homeopathy and things like that. But let's, what's the rest of your list? So, you know, gardening and okay. So getting over myself and the control, like I am a firstborn tend to have more of a type A personality. Um, and I used to be, when I was a younger mom. I said A plus. I'm an A plus personality. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> type A plus. You're so funny. But being organized was a really big deal to me. Like I, yeah. if you guys saw the room that we're sitting in right now, it looks all nice and pretty right here. But I have literally stacks of homeschool books and curriculums for this next year that I'm trying to go through. And it it like years ago that would have driven me crazy. I would no way be able to be sitting here doing a podcast, having chaos of any sort in the room, right? Yeah. And so I used to be a lot more OCD about those things, and I laugh about it because I I really truly believe that having a lot of kids has been my boot camp for yeah, being each okay kid kind of works more of that out. Of <laughs> yes, but I would say though that. I didn't know anything about gardening and dirt, but I used to be controlling about the dirt, right? Like sanitizing the kids, wiping them down all the time. And not, no, I realized like my grandma, a different grandma actually visited us and was like, no, playing in the dirt is the best thing for them. And even your mom used to say that, yeah, right? And yeah. I, I was like, okay, yeah. I don't know about this. No, and you were super clean. I yeah. was really clean. Then we moved to the farm and we got chickens and, and we then had a Kelsey's dog. Kelsey's putting mud on her cheeks like she's a warrior. She would literally <laughs> sit in the creek and cover her body in mud and and then she'd like make war paint. <laughs> they were so funny, those kids. But, um, you know, realizing those were like the healthiest years. We had six years straight where the kids never got sick. Yeah. And we had six kids 10 and under. You're saying dirt is good medicine. 
I, I am. I think that there's good bacteria, there's immunities, having them around that kind of stuff. Um, obviously, though, they took they took baths too. So we were clean yeah. for sure. Um, but ha- gardening, getting your hands in the dirt and gardening mm-hmm. and picking your own food fruit and vegetables that doesn't have chemicals on it right and i I remember we planted a garden to get kelsey to eat carrots do you remember this she grew her own carrots i have a picture of her when she's four and a half well but the first year we did it i didn't know what i was doing so the carrots were like an inch and a half long (laughs) and there would be like two growing off of one and she'd pull them out she just she ate them she loved them the dirt on them with the dirt on yeah which is so funny because she was almost clean you know when she was little and um but that started the love for gardening is doing that with her and then it just became that thing that we did with our kids for a decade we don't do it now that we're in central oregon it's hard to grow things here although we do have herbs and we have some so i think what you're saying is like let's not let's be okay with them jumping in a mud puddle once in a while let's be okay with them playing and let's not be so concerned about constantly cleaning dirt off their hands right we do want to clean their hands, obviously. Yes. You want to wash your hands before yeah. you eat. You yeah. want to wa- you know, you want to wash your hands a few times. But you're building the day when you're done immunities playing. and you're building up your immune system mm-hmm. from a young age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that the reason why this is a good conversation is because of everything that's been going on with COVID and mm-hmm. sanitize everything and use these chemicals and this can you know, all this stuff. Um, I think that there can be a lot of fear that's instilled. And if we are being preventative and proactive in our homes and having healthy homes where we're cleaning. We are cleaning. Yeah. And, um, but we're also like taking care of our kids and realizing that part of taking care of them is letting them garden, for example, and be kids and be in the dirt. And that's a good thing. Um, Other things we've done is being frugal and choosing glass over plastic. That's a whole nother story. I'll get into that in the next podcast the next podcast um learning about alkalinity and acidity in your body um and how that affects different things as well um minerals learning about minerals which is different than like homopathy and different things okay you might be exhausting some people that's a big list it is we're not going to talk about all of them today but the exciting thing is that you can pick like one thing and learn about it and that's that's what i did I picked one thing at a time and then something, you know, honestly, we would have, I would have a health issue or something would come up. I'd go to a naturopathic doctor. They'd start teaching me. I'd start getting books and learning and practicing and doing these things. And it, there's something very satisfying about nurturing your family in that way. And, um, so anyway, I would just encourage you guys to adopt it. For your own self in a way of Embrace going, it, hey, then your attitude yeah. becomes positive about it because you're problem solving, totally. you're figuring things out versus it being a burden and uh, having anxiety yeah. about it. Well, and I think a lot of the reasons why a, moms, like if they struggle with anxiety when their kids get sick is because they actually don't know how to treat it. And so mm-hmm. they are codependent on the doctors or dependent on the doctors. They don't actually know what they're doing. Um, and they... they you know, some of them, I would say, really need encouragement. They yeah. need to be encouraged that um, they can actually take back the health of their home, which, by, by the way, I just, that reminds me, we actually did a free Healthy Home Mom Hacks workshop. Oh, people are raving about it. Yeah, herbs, oils, supplements, and clean homes yeah. are, is what it's about. And 
hundreds. I mean, maybe maybe about a thousand now. Uh, people really that many. People. Yeah, totally. And we just people launched it are a few absolutely weeks ago. raving about it. it's completely free. You know, what's cool is it'll have some of the things you're talking about in here and the next episode, but in a, it'll have even more and more yeah. in depth. And what's cool about it is you get this 25 page free workbook download that has it all written out. Oh, so that's forth. right. It's a PDF download. That so has anyways, that'll be in the stuff. show notes at CourageousParenting.com. Yeah. Uh, you can click that, share that and enjoy it. Yeah, that's right. And so we're, yeah, I'm actually not going to dive into herbs as much in the same sense that I do in the Healthy Mom Home Hacks workshop, but yeah. we are going to talk about a different aspect of herbs that I don't talk about in that workshop cool. today. Um, so the first thing that I think if we can dive in, I think that one of the things that was really motivating for me mm -hmm. that might be inspiring for people is to realize that there's really two main jurisdictions slash like missions or visions mm -hmm. that we as parents, whether you're the dad, maybe the dad's the one that's super interested in medicine. Who knows, right? Yeah. Um, I would say that we should have these motivations to nurture our kids and teach our kids. Yeah. That those are like the two, if I was to say the two most important missions yeah. is to nurture our kids and teach them so that they yeah. can take care of themselves and take care of their kids. That reminds me of the the hierarchy of uh, nurture. What did we call it in the parenting oh, mentor well, program? So you guys, um, I'm sure you've heard of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. That's definitely, it's like a very classic model yeah. of needs. But in our courageous parenting mentor program, we, we created actually created our own. And we, I can't remember exactly it's what we called completely different, it. but it's about how to nurture the needs yeah, of your kids. It's about the nurturing the stages needs. that they mm -hmm. need. And you can't have this one until this one's done. And yeah, it's it was really powerful. I, I believe this, the spirit of God helped us figure that out as we we're building that program. Yeah. But there's a lot of good stuff in the parenting mentor mm -hmm. program, too. Yeah. And so I, I think that a lot of parents um, kind of this isn't something that's really taught on very often. This concept of like you are the main nurturer. Yeah. What does that actually mean? Mm -hmm. So I think that the list that I went through that you asked me about. Yeah. Um, you don't have to have all of those things to be nurturing. Mm -hmm. Can I just say that? Yeah. But to nurture means there are going to be some aspects that you feel the prompting to really embrace. Like you, I love that word embrace some promptings that the Holy spirit is going to say, Hey, to nurture your kids, you need to make sure that they're getting enough sleep. Yeah. Right. That you're going to be consistent with their nap times or whatever it is. Right. Um, or maybe you have a kid that has low blood sugar issues. So to nurture them means to make sure that they have food in them so that they don't struggle with a lack of emotional self-control and having meltdowns, right? Yeah. Like it's really, um, but you can't nurture your kids unless you know your kids. And so yeah. that's the first point is that in order to nurture and teach, you actually have to know them. So you need to study them. You need to recognize that God made them different than probably your other children, than different than you, different Dif than your husband. And they may have different health problems. Uh, mm -hmm. Things may be more painful than they are for you. Right, because you may have a different pain tolerance. Yeah. Right? Um, and also on that topic of pain tolerance, I didn't even think of putting this in there, but it's definitely important that we as parents recognize. This is really important. Now stick with me here. It's important that we recognize that we've had different experiences than our kids have had. And pain is actually one of those things that we grow in our capacity to handle different kinds of pain mm -hmm. based upon the experiences that we've had. Because perspective changes our um, experience, changes our perspective on pain. 
And this is what I mean. If you have gone through childbirth, for mm -hmm. example, right? And let's say you experienced a traumatic experience or maybe it was just painful childbirth, right? Because mm -hmm. um, there is pain in childbirth, right? Um, but then later you, let's say you, you cut your hand with a knife, but it's not like you're chopping carrots and you accidentally nick the tip of your finger. It's mm -hmm. not super, super painful. But your reaction to that is going to be way different than the six-year-old that hasn't experienced any kind of physical pain before. Yeah. Right? Why is that? It's because you've actually experienced life. You've experienced pain. So your perspective is different. You're not going to cry over spilled milk in, in a sense, right? Yeah. And so I think that it's important that we as parents re remember this. This is really important because if we don't, Remember that if we don't remind ourselves, we can potentially fall into a trap of being unsympathetic for our kids mm -hmm. because we can just we can be like, oh, come on, toughen up. I mean, we've seen that with parents yeah. where they they don't really have any compassion or sympathy. Now, I'm not talking about being a helicopter mom and babying your kids. Oh, come here. Let me kiss your boo-boo when they're, they're 10. They're definitely That's the time I mean. to say brush it off and right, let's exactly. get going. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. But if you've taken it too far to where you are lacking compassion, you're lacking sympathy, You're that's really lacking grace with your kids yeah. and a lack of understanding that they have not lived the life that you've lived and they may not be you. It could be a little... Uh, erosion of winning the heart when you do right. that over and over again. Yep. Yep. In fact, I actually have a blog post that's on this about being an unsympathetic and uncompassionate mom. So and let's we'll put a link so to teach that, us but. about the scale of one to 10. Uh, something just happened to you with our little guy. Yeah. So, well, you know how, well, if you've ever been in the hospital yourself, you know that they use like the smiley face um, scale or mm. the scale of one to 10. And I, um, I've always kind of had that in the back of my head because I've been in the hospital enough times to see that and been asked that on a scale of one to 10, how's the pain feel in your back? Or, you know, mm -hmm. um, the other day, Solomon was doing Nerf war with his big brothers and he wasn't wearing his goggles and they were outside and a bullet hit his eye and he, he fell on the ground and was having this big, like it was a real... He was definitely in pain for sure. Um, but I needed to find out how serious it was. And so, as you know, like if a four-year-old is having a meltdown or they're in a lot of pain, they can be irrational. They're not lacking. Yeah, and they're not really exercising any emotional self-control, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And so trying to have that conversation with a kid of like, let me look at it. Let me see. Are you hurting? That can be really frustrating. It can be hard to get answers and to be able to evaluate. So I just in that moment said, hey, Solomon, let's, let me talk to you. I have some questions for you. And I just started asking him about the scale of one to 10 and what his pain was essentially. Mm -hmm. I mean, I definitely like kind of talked to him through that. So if you were a one, it would be like, Oh, nope, I don't hurt. And you jump up and you start jumping on trampoline. Do you feel like doing that? No, I'm in a lot of pain. <laughs> okay. Well, a 10 is going to be like, Oh mom, my eye's broken. I need to go to the hospital and have surgery. They need to take it out. Do you feel that way? No, I don't want them to take my, you know, no, I'm not in that much pain. Okay. So if you were, is it one or is it two or three or four? And I got kind of more intense with each of the letters and he was like, I'm, I'm a four or five. And it kind of started calm down. I said, 
all right. And it was just, it was, it was a good um, understanding communication that I was able to have with and him. And then you're like, you said something like, well, is that an appropriate response for a four or five? Yeah. And so, and then he kind of went <laughs> and kind of calmed down. No, I'm okay. I'm okay now, you know? Yeah. And so, but that's the point. I think we need to remember, especially with our youngest kids, that they don't know how to react to pain. They haven't been taught. They haven't been taught emotional self-control. Like we're not just born with this ability to have that. We actually have to be taught. And so having grace as a parent is having patience with them and actually teaching them. And teaching them is so different than correcting, right? Yeah. How, so, do you, how do you teach them how to know their own bodies better? So I think that part of it is having those conversations that, mm-hmm. like you were mentioning before, um, having the conversations where you're saying, "Does how does your tummy feel right now? Um, do you think that the tummy ache is because you, af- did you get it right after you ate? Or did you wake up with the tummy ache? Or, you know, and just doing certain questions like that to help them evaluate, oh, you got it right after you eat, ate. Well, what did you eat? Mm-hmm. And so you're teaching them how to ask questions to investigate themselves, which is really what we all should be doing to ourselves. But we need to teach that to our kids so that they can also ask themselves the same question, right? Amen. And then the next thing that you do is you teach them what to do when they figure it out, right? So if yeah. it was a tummy ache, um, I would probably first offer um, essential oil like tummy jives to be topically applied on mm. on the little guy. And our kids even know that now. So they're going to go and they grab the tummy jives um, young living oil and um, it has a little roller bottle on it and they know how to put it just a little bit on and and I'll massage it for them or they will. And so um, there, there are basic things that you can teach your kids, but when it comes to emotional self-control, it's an important thing that parents recognize that this is part of what they're called to nurture in their child mm-hmm. is emotional health as well. And that's a whole nother aspect that we could get into um, in this topic, in this podcast as well. But um, I think that it's important that we teach them to recognize that, you know, they need to they they have skin right so they might get a cut on their on their skin or a bruise that they see right mm-hmm. so there's skin health there's gut health there's head health there's heart health and then there's spirit and soul health and um I, those are just the ways, the biblical ways or the conversations that I've had with our little littles for them to know oh your tummy your heart your head your skin, right? Um, so that they see, or their muscle, or your bone, right? Do you, you have aches in your bones? And for them to know that there's a physical side of their body, but then there's also their thoughts yeah. and their memories and their feelings, which are in their head and in their heart. And then there's their soul, right? And as parents, we need to be nurturing all of those things and teaching our kids along the way. And this is really a beautiful thing because we were created by an intelligent designer. Yeah. God was intelligent. And I'm going to some of the nerdy homeschool moms going to come out in me here yeah. for just a second. But um when it comes to teaching your kids, like when you're studying biology you, and you're t- talking about the epidermis and you're teaching mm-hmm. your kids about their skin, right? Yeah. Um you can teach them really cool things like your skin is your largest organ in your body, right? It's 16% of your overall body mass, 16% of your overall body mass, and it absorbs things, right? A lot of people don't realize this, but um, your skin has four main functions. It's to protect your body and your organs Hmm. from germs, 
pollution, radiation, the sun, heat, things like that. Um, the second main function is that it regulates your body temperature. Okay. Wow, that's cool. The third thing is that it receives sensory information. So we have the sense of touch, sense of smell. Mm-hmm. We have all these senses, right? And so it receives sensory information that then is communicated through your body, right? Yeah. And then the fourth thing would be to store water to store fat, and to store vitamin D. That's why they say like going outside and getting sun for vitamin D is really good for you because it's absorbed into your skin and your skin stores vitamin D, mm. right? And so um, it's, it's just, there's, the body is just so incredible to so, study with your so, kids. So sometimes kids are acting out in certain ways mm-hmm. and we, sometimes it's disobedience, but sometimes it's diet. Sometimes right. it's, they needed more sleep than we realize. Sometimes yes. it's maybe they haven't been outside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they haven't been allowed to have the activity. Right. So I, you know, we've talked about this in some previous podcasts, I feel like, but um, it's important that we, when we're nurturing, we're aware of this fact that Isaac's mentioning right now, which is that our kids are different than us. And all of these aspects like feeding them well, helping them to have good sleep, having emotional self-control, um, that they're they're healthy, right? That their mm-hmm. immune system is strong, that they're not fighting a cold. And then having patience and grace and caring for, nurturing. These are all under the nurturing category for all of those elements of our kids. That's actually one of our responsibilities as parents is to be nurturing those aspects and having – um, the understanding, living with our kids and understanding when they are going through something like this. Yeah. So for example, teenagers, let's just bring up teenagers. Their hormones are growing, changing, moving. Like there's just so much going on during the teenage years, right? So parents could easily be like, why are you having that emotional breakdown? What, why are you doing this? But if you understand that those teenagers, they're okay, they're growing six inches in a matter of six months, yeah. right? Maybe for the 13-year-old boy. We have mm-hmm. that going on with one of our kids right now. So he has leg cramps, right? And he's more tired and he needs to nap more and he needs to eat more. Like not going, no, you already ate. You don't need to eat. Why Why would you say that to a growing teenage boy that they is just growing? So, or, or if he's tired, like, let him take a nap. Teenagers actually they need, need more, sleep. more sleep. They need almost as much sleep as, as babies do, which is crazy. So they're not always being lazy, actually. No, they're not. They need to sleep. Yeah. And so there's it, it's, it takes understanding is my point. And if you just research your kids, if you study them and you go, hmm, I wonder why, and then you research it, oftentimes there's a really – beautiful design answer right and so the cool thing is is that what we we want to we want to teach our kids that god made them the way they are and it's a good thing mm-hmm. right which reminds me of genesis 1 and in genesis 1:12 it says right here um oh actually let me go to a different passage here oh 131 it says, then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very good. Very good. It was very good. <laughs> and this was, he made Adam and Eve, and it was very good, mm-hmm. right? And so to remind our kids, like, they need to have that kind of confidence that God didn't make a mistake when he made them, even if they're intolerant to dairy. Yeah. Like, the, we live in a world where, yeah, 
we're in a fallen world and, and things are not perfect and there is sickness and there's disease and there's there are um, intolerances and there are allergies. Yeah. And guess what? Our food is also deficient of some of the things that it needs. It's not perfect. Yeah. Right? You're always asking for Kelsey to, to come up with a way to make God's bread. Yeah. That'd be right? Great. But in the reality is that we need to teach our kids this, but to do their best. Just to do their best in stewarding their bodies, stewarding their homes, stewarding the nurturing of their children one day. And that we're, there's these biblical principles that we're teaching our kids, right? Stewardship is a biblical principle. And we want to teach them that their body is a holy temple and to steward that well. And part of that is understanding like God. God made our bodies and we can take care of these things. We need to communicate about how we're feeling. We need to communicate about, um, you know, oh, I got a sunburn. What can I do to take care of that so that heals and doesn't get a burn on top of it? And then mom gets the aloe vera and maybe the after sun spray that has some oils that are soothing and she sprays it on there and it helps heal it, right? This is something you make, right? Oh yeah, this is that's just something that I make, and I teach the my courageous mom essentials team those DIY hacks and stuff like that. But um, learning how to do those things, and then your kids are like, "Hey, mom, where's that spray?" It, it feels good. I'm yeah. gonna say it does as a mom to know your kids are like, "Hey, mom, where's the home op? Where's the arnica? Hey, mom, where's the cool azul? Hey, mom, where's you know where are the vitamins? Where's the oregano oil? Where's the you because know. they actually experience it helping them. That's right. And so for them, if they're going to actually use natural remedies, they have to have experienced it and gotten a conviction that these things actually work. Yeah. Right. And so you're not just doing to your kids. We have to actually, oh, we're going to use this on you right now. And this is how we're going to do it. Do you want to try it? And why don't you rub these oils into your feet? Like hydrotherapy. Our kids love hydrotherapy. We do it on our feet. If somebody has a fever or they're struggling with a respiratory cold where you put your feet in a bowl of hot water, right? And while they're in the Epsom salt hot water, and sometimes I'll put thieves in it or eucalyptus, lavender, um, lemon, things that are going to be helping and they'll be absorbing into their feet because you're pores open in your skin, right? And these things absorb into your skin, which is important to understand. Um, And while you're doing that, you have a cold, ice cold bowl of water and you have some socks in there and then they get their feet out, dry them off and you rub in some other essential oils and then you put the cold socks on and it shocks their body, right? It's hydrotherapy. And then you put wool socks on top, stick them in bed, put the covers over them. Yeah. And, and it, it's, it, it works so well. This is something that I learned from our naturopathic doctor, but my grandma used to grow up doing this on the farm. Yeah. And so I, there are so many little tricks of the trade that you can learn to help your kids so that they don't have to take um, all the Tylenol. Now, sometimes Tylenol is necessary, but it's not always necessary. Right. And sometimes I think that parents just go to that drug because they grew up doing it and they just don't know the other things. And so I really do think that there's a need for um, people who do have this knowledge to start sharing more of what they're doing in their homes, because that's how I learned. And, um, you know, that's part of why we did the Healthy Home Mom Hacks workshop. Um, But as far as the skin goes and the limbic system and essential oils, I just have to share this other cool, really intelligent design thing. God actually made our, our senses connected to our brain. And we know this, right? Mm -hmm. So the limbic system is in the middle of your brain. It's part of the nervous system. And the olfactory bulb recognizes smells. 
And so parts of your brain that deal with memory and emotions and feelings, those are all in the olfactory bulb in the limbic system, okay? And so when you smell something, so let's say you go to the ocean and you have that, like you smell the sea salt and the air. It has its own unique smell, doesn't it? Yeah, At totally. the beach. And you, you breathe in deep and it it's just refreshing. Your state. Yeah. It's refreshing. Mm-hmm. People crave to go to the beach. Yeah, I want to go to the beach. I know. Or hiking. And you're surrounded by pine trees or um, or juniper trees. Hopefully you're not allergic to those. And, you know, you're, you're hiking and you're breathing in deep and you're just calm. Yeah. You're just relaxed right? Why is that? It's because there's actually oils in the trees that you're smelling in and they're, they're getting into your limbic system because it's connected to your sense of smell Mm. and it's triggering certain memories. It's, um, impacting emotions and feelings because those are in the limbic system. So instead of scrolling through Instagram or throwing on a TV show or something like that, Instead of escapism, go for a hike in the woods. We could actually go for a hike, or you could diffuse, diffuse oils pine in the house or you're northern doing lights, black spruce to improve yeah. your state, to right. change your environment, and, yes, uh, get more productive, get thinking better. Yes, yes, and so that actually brings me to the the second point that we were going to talk about in this podcast, and the last point that we were going to talk about, um, which has to do with the limbic system because God designed our bodies. So you can teach your kids this really cool information, right? Um, that when you are smelling things, it goes into your limbic system. It smell you remember things. That's why like um, real estate agents will oftentimes have cookies baking in the oven yeah. because that sense of smell actually triggers memories, good memories of kids' childhood. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah, and so they're. They may not. Most real estate agents don't realize that that's actually why they. But they. If they are cooking cookies, they recognize that people who come in are much happier. Yeah. Why is that? Right? Everybody likes chocolate, the sense of taste. Mm-hmm. Right? So God God made us incredible beings that have these amazing senses that are all triggered and they connect to our different portions of our brain. And it's just the coolest thing ever to study with your kids. And he made all these different plants that are good for right. us in different ways. Right. So in Genesis 9, 3, it says, every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. I have given you all the things, even as the green, as the green herbs. <laughs> I've given you all things, even as the green herbs. And then it goes on. And then if you read in Genesis 1, 12, it also says, and the earth brought forth grass and the herb that yields seed according to its kind and the tree that yields fruit and whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And so the evening and the morning, and that was the third day. And God gave us these things, right, to be used wisely for for. Are, we're, we're to steward the land. And what's interesting about herbs, like this is the other cool thing, and I, I didn't teach this in the Healthy Mom Home Hacks, but I just dropped off all of our herbs at a friend's house before we go on this RV trip. And I'm paying their daughter 50 cents a day to water my my peas and my herbs and my house plants because I don't want them to die. And she's so excited. She's like, I'm going to make $15. I promise, Miss Angie, I'm going to do it every day. It was the sweetest thing ever. But I was teaching her and I was saying, hey, hey, Olive, I'm going to need you to 
pinch off the herbs and you guys are going to get to cook these and you can give them to people too that you want if you want to because if you pinch them off then they won't go to seed and they'll keep producing more hmm. and so like with dill and cilantro and peppermint you don't want them to go to seed because it actually changes the taste of the herb and the um, chemicals in the herb so what you want to do is use them so God created these herbs for us to use so that they're useful, so that they totally. don't go bad. So they don't, and, and going to seed isn't bad. It's just, you don't want them to go to seed right away. Let them go to seed at the end of the season, harvest the seeds and plant more herbs. So I know herbs, like you can use it for cooking yeah. and things like that. But yeah, which we the, do. The, there's the oil version of herbs, mm-hmm. which you've kind of been alluding to in some things during this episode. Right. Which is, so there's the actual plant mm-hmm. and then there's the distilled oil from the plants. Right, which are all part of the plant, right? I mean, we take aloe vera plants Mm -hmm. and we use the aloe vera lotion to cool burns, right? right? It's the exact same kind of concept, actually. It's just not distilled. You can literally cut the aloe plant and just put it on, which we do. And um, I, I think that this is the coolest part. This is what's so neat to teach your kids, you guys, is that Yes, herbs, we cook with them, right? And so I teach in the Healthy Mom Home Hacks how we, some different things about making teas and and using herbal tinctures and things like that, um, which can be really good for your kids to know about. And I mean, teas especially are so good for your gut and Mm. for your respiratory system. Anyways, um, but using the oils in conjunction with what we were talking about with the skin and the purposes of the skin, right? This is a cool little interesting fact that um, topically applied an essential oil will, it only takes two to three minutes to get into your bloodstream. Two to three minutes. That's how fast it absorbs into your skin and then into your bloodstream. And then 20 minutes later, it can be found to affect every cell in your body in just 20 minutes. But it metabolizes in two and a half hours. Okay. And so if that's what an essential oil can do, think about like harsh chemicals that you're potentially exposed to. And those are also absorbing into your skin or, you know, it's interesting. I was doing research just to share about this. And there's a whole, there's a whole lot of websites out there for like companies that have gases in the air and their workers, like those gases actually can absorb into their skin and they never even see them. Like they isn't a liquid that touches their skin, but it can absorb into their skin. And it's the same thing with harsh chemicals that you would spray to clean your home there are always synthetic um, residue that's left over in fact it can take two weeks to get rid of that in your home if you're not continuing to use it and you're airing your home out and you're trying to like go toxin free that's probably true for shampoos and certain soaps oh yeah yeah yeah. no i'm glad that you brought that up because as far as like nurturing your your family goes like just learning about the toothpaste the deodorant the makeup the shampoo laundry soap there's literally every kind of thing that you would use to clean or just on your body lotion sunscreen insect repellent i mean we all know that deet is not good for you right so you know being a believer christians that are listening Mm -hmm. sometimes some people have had a weird sense about oils or um uh, oh yes or i probably said that wrong but you know what how do you address that like yeah. why why are you so confident in using oils when some people feel a little strange about it well it's interesting when i first started using them it was over a decade ago now and not very many people i knew were using either of those things 
yeah. actually, or herbal tinctures even. Right. And they were kind of hard to find, to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, but doing research and realizing like these are the plants that God gave us, why aren't we using them properly? But instead, what are we doing instead? We're going and getting chemicals that are being concocted in a lab by humans that aren't even for they're chemicals and we're putting chemicals like antibiotics in our body. And so it just didn't even make sense to me. Like logically Mm -hmm. I went, okay, so if that is supposed to kill it, but it's not hundred percent sure that it's going to kill it and this could potentially help it. Why wouldn't I try this natural thing first? Mm -hmm. And then if that doesn't work, then go over there. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that was kind of our approach. Once we started having a lot of different issues with the kids, with health and with me and different things, Um, But you guys, it was a journey and everybody's on their own journey and that's totally cool. Um, But I think that being proactive and learning about it is a huge process. Um, I think that, you know, as far as you asked me the biblical perspective on this and the first thing I have to say is that all of these things are amoral. They are not good or bad. They're amoral and they can be used for good or bad. And it's our responsibility to use them the way God intended, right? Not an abusive kind of manner. And it's the same thing with social media or technology. It's an amoral thing that can be used for good or used for bad. It's our responsibility to use it for God's glory. And it's the same thing. We can use these tools. That's all they are. It's just tools for stewardship and for helping our families, right? And so, and it's, so for me, like essential oils are something that we use every day, just like how I have house plants in my house every day. They're not any more important. Like just on a side note, plants alone, like if you guys don't have house plants, you're missing out. Like I just want to encourage you to go get some. Yeah. I mean, well, actually some, yes, they do. Certain plants, especially purify the air more than others. Um, In fact, two of the best house plants to get that do purify the air better than others are called snake plants and spider plants. And the cool thing about spider plants is that they actually like send off shoots with other babies. And then you can um, cut those off and plant those in another pot and have another spider plant. And you can even gift them to people. They're one of my favorite plants. Um, But there are... Here, I'm going to give you like five plants since I got down this. Um, The best plants for producing oxygen because most plants will absorb toxins and pollutants in the air into their leaf. Actually, they absorb the particles in their leaf, right? And then, um, and this, this is a proven study that NASA did. It was called the clean air study, okay? It was the removal of organic chemicals. The plants absorb the particles at the same time as taking in carbon dioxide, which is then processed into oxygen. So this is the process of photosynthesis, you guys. Like this is just awesome biology, right? So absorbing gases through the pores in their leaves. This is how they purify the air. And then they put off oxygen, which is what we breathe, Mm. right? So having a lot of plants in your home can be really helpful. There have been other studies as well. I talk about this on my Courageous Mom Essentials Instagram page. I have like a post on um, the benefits of house plants. You can go look that up. But um, there have been some studies, and I'm not exactly sure what the percentages or statistics are now because it was such a while ago that I made this post. But it is proven that kids taking a test and having at least three plants in the room will score better on their tests. Whoa. Which is kind of cool. And so they're like breathing in better oxygen, but there's also that element of like the senses. That's so Right? Cool. And so that's another like, um, th- this is another 
thing to be aware of that's in addition to like maybe having some oils that are going to be helping to stimulate alertness when kids are studying or focus, right? Because we were talking about how the limbic system, how God created our limbic system to be able to do this. So you see how it's like some people get wary of oils specifically or homopathy because they're like, oh, they're making an idol out of that thing right? And yeah, some people do take it too far, but it's our responsibility to keep it in its rightful place, which is it is a tool, right? That can be used and in conjunction with understanding how God, the almighty created these tools. Thank you, Lord. And he created our bodies to work with them. That is awesome. So go to CourageousParenting.com if you want the free workshop and any other resources we mention on any of the episodes. Um, but maybe to wrap up, you could talk mm-hmm. about what's coming in the next episode. So in the next episode, we're going to talk a little bit about – we're going to talk about clean homes. We'll talk about healthy diets um, and some other things that you can do to have healthy lifestyle. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.